you have to understand your audience to be able to serve them. And it's more, well, before it was a direct way. You had data and you were able, able to, to verify it. Now it's indirect. It's about trying, putting hypothesis about funeral, who do you think they are? Putting this funeral in place and see if it's a work. You might be wrong. doesn't matter. It is ruining if you are wrong. Welcome to Mobile Growth and Pancakes, a podcast by Stormaven. We break down how and why mobile apps grow. In each episode, we invite a mobile growth expert onto the show to break down a specific mobile growth strategy, how it worked, why it worked, and what they would do differently. I'm your host, Esther Schatz. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mobile Growth and Pancakes. I'm your host, Jonathan Fishman. I'm VP Marketing at Stormaven, and today I'm really excited to be here with Raphael, Head of Growth at Music World Media. Hey, Raphael. Hello, Jonathan. Hey. Happy to be here. Awesome. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself a bit and, and to talk a bit about the company? Yeah. Uh, so to introduce myself very quickly. Uh, so I am the head of growth at Music World Media. Uh, I'll come to my uh, kind of scope currently, but I'm coming from close to be 15 years now in uh, mainly video gaming. Uh, I've worked a lot on uh, AAA and big, uh, big brands and big publishers uh, and big titles uh, and came to mobile almost three years ago and made kind of my reconversion uh, to mobile and came to that. Um, and yeah, I've been through a uh, position previously when I, where I had um, the responsibility of managing uh, um, marketing and business um, uh, department in a casual publisher. And today, yeah, I'm the head of growth at um, MWM Music World Media. Here I manage uh, everything that touch um, acquisition and revenues, uh, and it includes, of course, user acquisition, uh, marketing, uh, ASO, uh, CRM, community management, customer support, um, content, and monetization. So both had monetization and uh, in-app. Cool. And c- can you walk us a bit through what MWM uh, do? What kind of apps do you have? Yes. Uh, so as our name uh, say, uh, we come from music. Uh, we are a very big um, um, actor in the music apps, uh, part of the top ones. Uh, if you exclude uh, the very big ones like Spotify and things like that that are in streaming or podcast, uh, because it's a very different business from us uh, doing apps, uh, we are part of the biggest one uh, regarding music. So we have a bunch of apps regarding that all around music in between um, uh, DJ mixing apps uh, like Beijing. Uh, we have, of course, Beat Map, Beat, um, Beatbox um, um, apps like BeatLooper and BeatMaker Pro. Uh, we have as well uh, apps, learning apps to learn instruments uh, for guitar, drums, uh, piano. Uh, we have as well uh, utilities uh, like uh, guitar tuner to tune. Uh, your guitar, bass, ukulele, we have metronome, bass booster, lots of utilities around music uh, and sounds and, and for musicians as well, um, no matter if they are pro or um, amateurs. Um, and, and that's kind of where we are coming from, uh, where our name is coming from. Um, and as you might have seen, uh, we have had a big fundraise uh, last year of 50 million. So we are currently uh, scaling a lot uh, uh, in terms of resources, but as well in terms of product, uh, but as well in terms of um, additional transversal. So we move, we are moving across now um, creativity as a whole, considering, of course, music as a creativity PR, uh, but we are adding to that 
um, UBIs. Uh, we have apps regarding uh, puzzle, coloring, canvas, uh, pixel canvas, and things like that. We have as well uh, photo editing, uh, things like you put your photo, you have filters, you put yourself as a baby, a monkey, and things like that, pretty handy. Uh, and we have as well in the apps uh, around uh, video editing. Uh, it's quite an interesting app. Um, where you can upload your like uh, videos from your uh, early days, uh, you choose a sound, and then there's uh, an algorithm that will match uh, your uh, videos with the sound and make a montage for you, uh, which is pretty convenient for people not being like professional with Premiere. Um, so that's that's roughly what we have, and we have on top of that as well um, a small team of like 16 people doing um, games uh, and they are training and, and growing in hyper casual that we are evolving uh, towards casual uh, in the coming months. Uh, so, but, and of course, focusing as well on music games because this is where we are coming from. We have lots of um, techs uh, in terms of music serving and, and sound serving uh, that will help us make uh, great music games. So the whole purpose, of course, being growing, uh, um, like any company, but as well building um, an ecosystem and a transversal ecosystem, because we, we strongly believe uh, that in the world of creativity, people are uh, the same and it's pretty broad um, and can switch to entertainment as well, uh, to some extent. Awesome. That, that's fantastic. Um, so today we want to talk a bit about um, the challenges of user acquisition. We're about to end 2021 soon. Um, and we're going to kick off 2022 with a ton of new challenges um, that has been playing out for some time now, but are like kicking off uh, like to, to high gear right now. Um, so one of them is, of course, uh, what's been happening for the past few months with Apple uh, and uh, starting to enforce the ATT framework and the deprecation of the IDFA. Uh, or the access or the ability to share the IDFA with ad networks or with MMPs and uh, SK ad network, of course. And now with iOS 15, the addition of a lot of uh, new app store capabilities like custom product pages, uh, in-app events, um, and a, a lot of tools that user acquisition that can affect user acquisition to a, to a very, um, in a very big way. So... Um, let's start with, first of all, the strategy of the company, because that really uh, got me interested. Is that part of like a way to say we're going very broad and going into hyper casual and uh, utilities and apps that basically do not rely so much on like a tiny fraction of the audience that are going to be the whales in what we see in, in some games uh, or even subscription apps? Is that like a way to divert, like basically just to go broad? Because that's what's going to be available in terms of targeting in the next uh, year or so? Yeah, uh, I, I would say it is It is a very complex things to assess uh, because on one way, uh, you have two parameters. You have, of course, this, this part of privacy coming over uh, with, of course, um, Apple doing their changes with iOS 14, especially iOS 14.5. There are some signs, of course, of Google that will, to some extent, align on that. So using uh, uh, kind of accuracy on the way we we target people. And we were on the train previously about trying to target a curiosity, proposing what the people were willing to hear to promote your app in the right way and proposing something that is not intrusive and aggressive. Uh, and we are going backward. And on the other side, we have as well elements coming from, from the major players uh, of, of media 
uh, an acquisition, um, trying to as well them automatize their universe and having stronger and stronger algorithm for you uh, to micromanage your campaign less and less. Uh, so, and and we have seen that from one part removing data and 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 accuracy from your campaign and targeting destroyed the second part. And and there has been uh, weird events, and of course, there's been there's been a depreciation of the um, performance of the campaign on one side, but there has been as well challenges uh, about tracking from what we have lost uh, in in tracking, and and there's been of course now um, a big part of all the acquisition, especially on iOS, goes into organic, uh, and it's pretty hard um, uh, to attribute it because. Um, we have done a bunch of tests uh, to try to identify kind of the organic uplift and, and see if there was um, difference in between um, channels in terms of IDFA um, adoption rate uh, from the users. Uh, and, and the problem where it gets complex is that it depends as we, we are further away from the targeting possibilities and, and knowing exactly what we were doing in the past, saying, yeah, we know they are of that age, they like that or they do that, and we were able to really segment them and be precise. As we can't really do that, then uh, we there are, there are definitely issues about being able to target people and, and, and get them in the right way, but as well identify uh, the right uplift. We have done tests, as I said, uh, on different channels, and basically depending on the product, depending on the, on the countries, uh, the IDF rate, IDFA adoption rate are very, very different because you don't know who you target. It's not like you target waves or early adapters or people like that and you knew and then you could uh, uh, transfer it. So it brings so much uh, noise that it's you can't really model it exactly. So you can extrapolate it, but it's hard. So but what now it's more when before, uh, you were doing the way you had your target about break-even profitability and you were like, I want to break even by the time so I can make benefit out of it. Um, that's not something you can do anymore. It's more about trying to get the closer as possible to profitability with what you can track, knowing that as there is at least 50% you can track, it gets uh, above it, but you can't be very... so. So, what's your plan on like how are you currently measuring or attempting to measure uh, what used to be like the the return on ad spend that was pretty yeah pretty accurate, I would say. Yeah, uh, ROAS ROAS is still an an indicator, but it's not as accurate before. So it is it is kind of a mix a mix of bringing somebody to do about that and trying, especially for iOS. Uh, trying to have kind of a mixing both on one side, having something accurate about keeping still the ROAS, knowing that you don't track all the users you are tracking with your campaign. And sometimes there's as well the delay in attribution that sometimes does a weird thing. And then on top of that, you can have some channels uh, that are still uh, kind of invoicing uh, uh, and, and, and invoicing and putting your budget with a delay of attribution because it will count what has been attributed. Uh, and so there are delays and it brings lots of notes. So you still kind of try to be somehow profitable or close to be. And, you, and what we do is that I design and decide and say, those campaign on this product for iOS should have by 
that time a certain percentage of ROAS. And then on the other side, we as well keep the big picture uh, saying we, we invest a certain amount of money for a certain amount of people of a certain value. Uh, and then you keep the high picture of saying, it's hard to say if they are purely organic, coming from organic, if they are organic, not organic, being paid, or whoever else, it's hard to say. So you need to keep the big picture and come back to, um, let's say, more of a traditional marketing way of seeing things where you do branding and you do different campaigns like TV, like branding campaign, display outside and things like that. And you have kind of an holistic view of as long as everything works out and you have the results, it's all right, even if some stuff is not very efficient because you can't really accurately measure it. Uh, so it's more about mixing both and, and as well on the other side, um, which is my part, it's more about modeling um, the performance of the product, meaning um, performance in terms of revenue for product, it's based on the audience and the monetization you get on the audience. So basically, if we grow the audience, uh, with a certain investment, then we should grow the revenue and see how it evolves. Um, and, and yeah, it's kind of a, a mix of keeping a bit of the performance because you still need it for the UA manager and the UA people because they need performance uh, uh, measurement to be able to track their impact. And they need it. They can't do with holistic. It doesn't work. It doesn't match. But you still need on a higher level uh, to keep a view of the holistic model. But it is... It's, it's not as good as it was before and not as clear, but that's the best option you have. So in terms of tech and, and your data stack, uh, what are those UA managers using right now? They're still relying on, on MMPs or are you trying to build your own BI system? Are you looking at data coming in from the App Store with the new data that they're adding there? So we, we have both. So we have to still rely uh, on MMPs. We, we have as well checked um, kind of the... Facebook and, and Google uh, models uh, because they tend to over-attribute a bit. Uh, but lately we have checked because they, they do modeling of the overall impact and installs they have brought, which is different from the MMPs and include to some extent uh, the organic uplift. From the test we've, we've done, um, the Facebook and Google uh, modeling were not that far away, so meaning plus 10, minus 10 percent of, of accuracy, which give a trend. It's not perfect, but uh, confirmed what, kind of what you see. So we still have MMPs on one side. We have our own dashboard uh, with all the, the stats from the game and in terms of audience and, and, and new installs and, and paid so we can track uh, and unattributed organic as well, we can track. Um, and we have as well on your side models from our BI team um, about um, predictive LTV, uh, which helps regarding that. Uh, so we do our best to kind of, as, as I, I meant, as none of these nowadays are fully accurate, uh, try to have an holistic view above that uh, to see if the whole picture works out. Uh, and as long as it works out, might be that some channels uh, are a bit less efficient than we would expect. Uh, and some maybe a bit more, but it's hard to see to which extent uh, and try to see if we can still achieve um, uh, the, the, the end of the line or target. Yeah, I think I think it's super important to take, a, like some people are calling it media mix modeling. It, it's yes. an accurate name. It's uh, not easy to achieve. You need a 
ton of investments in data science and data scientists to develop that model and people to interpret it, uh, the data uh, ongoingly. But uh, basically, it's just a fancy word, in my opinion, to track uh, just the effect of your activities on high-level KPIs, the end-of-the-day yeah. revenues. Um, and I liked it when you you brought up the, the idea of um, like old-fashioned marketing. And it's something that I keep on hearing uh, a lot from marketers and UA people these days because um, in the past, it was like it was almost like financed. I worked as a stock analyst for like seven years. And, you know, it's like you're sitting in front of an Excel allocating portfolios. And it was almost like the role of an investor, like allocating your portfolio based on performance. Uh, and you had a, you have a ton of data. And that was how the lives of a lot of UA managers looked like. They sat in front of their MMP dashboard, saw okay, this creative works, this campaign works, uh, and they allocated budgets accordingly. And now you need a lot more um, creativity with these people because, first of all, you it, just the fact that you can't measure it, that you can't measure the ROI of something because the deprecation of the IDFA or whatever, um, or SKN network, for example, that gives you some sort of signal that is also not accurate, uh, it doesn't mean that, that, that it doesn't work. For, I'll give you an example from the world of B2B marketing. Like, I'm in B2B marketing uh, as my profession, and there's a ton of things that are impossible to, to attribute. For example, this podcast. Of course, this is a marketing activity. And uh, you, you can't attribute somebody actually going to the StormRaven website, searching in Google and requesting a demo, for example, because it will appear in the attribution system as coming in from Google search. But what got this person to search for StormRaven? Maybe they listened to us talking right now. Um, and the same would, would happen also in mobile marketing. So as you said, investing in brand, investing in things that uh, create an uplift in, in organic visibility, be it uh, branded search, be it uh, um, uh, an increase in, in the ranking. Um, so so that, that I think would be something extremely important in 2022, like getting back to these kind of activities. And uh, I call it uh, like going to rehab. Like the, the industry was addicted to user level data in a very granular way for measurement. And now we need to go into rehab and try to think like marketers, okay, which creative are we going to use? What's the motivations that uh, these users might have that, and what will influence them to actually tap on the ad and, and actually install? Um, so, so you think that in, in like looking for like 12 months or so, are you going to... Uh, invest more in, 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 those, in those type of people and then hire for those type of skills and develop uh, uh, creative thinking? So I, I would say there's like two parts of it. There is a part about uh, like being a bit higher and seeing things from further away. And what you've mentioned about B2B, I can as well reflect on my past when I was like uh, marketing on, on box, box game. And mm -hmm. when you sell uh, box games, they are in retail, in stores. And it's not you selling them, it's indirect. You have no clue who is buying it. And what's important is that you have, you expect certain amount of revenue from the whole sales of your game. Uh, and from that, you take a cut that becomes your uh, marketing budget. And then there's like provision for, for sales, for promotion, things like that. But basically everything is like structured in a way that there is the margin and then the rest is like fragmented in operation to make it happen. Uh, so it is a mix of that on one side, which is more of my side, but taking a bit further away and trying to organize things with my teams 
to have uh, as well uh, more more diverse um, diversification of activities with like uh, bringing back all the things like PR brands communication actions um, social media management and all those things that helps you diluting as well the risk uh, on one side and on your side if we come back to user acquisition it is about trying to find ways to get back some some kind of controls because we have been pushed so much away from both uh, the networks with their algorithm, uh, less targeting, less deep, less deep information, less look-alike, um, less custom audience, no retargeting, all those things, we have lost that. On the other side, we have lost like DFA, so we don't know exactly after either. But we have, I can take like some example of campaign. You, you do a campaign and say, you know what? I target broadly, I have a broad product. I target broadly um, people in US like 18 to 60 years old, male and female, doesn't matter. Who have who like like mobile games, for example, and say I target broadly uh, for product. Um, I put like five different assets that are somehow very similar, just like uh, displaying your product, your USP, very simple. And and out of that, you have a campaign, and from the result with a certain budget, you will have like three or four assets with like the CPM of fifty dollars, and then you have one with twenty dollars, and you have no clue why. You have absolutely no clue. So you, one of the ten of the trend currently is more about trying to do more diversified and and really in-depth messaging in your um, in your asset to push the algorithm to segment the audience for you uh, by saying, you know what? If I take like a DJ mix, for example, which is a DJ mixing app, you can say, okay, in terms of DJ and music, there's many different music being mixed. There are like house and disco that are more old, old school. You can have like rap and BRB or RBNB that is more like up to date. You can have electronic or even like old style dance, tectonic and stuff like that. You have different ways and you can say, okay, house disco may be a bit older people. So if I go and emphasize that, it's likely the algorithm uh, will go for those people because it will be the one reacting to that. If you go like R&B, uh, Hip hop and stuff like that, much younger people. So you just keep your uh, your broad targeting and try to I force the algorithm to identify those people because they will be the one in their database interacting with it. And maybe, of course, uh, some of people not from your uh, the target audience that you try to force with your asset might react to it, being like, "Oh, I never thought I, I could mix rap. I never thought of it because I don't I don't um, use that uh, music or listen to it." But might be fun to mix it with my usual music uh, and try to make it match and make something cool. So it can still work uh, with a surprise. But that's kind of the trend recently, and we are like planning a few tests with that. Uh, but yeah, basically it's more as well. Um, I would say in terms of structuration, it's more of of thinking further and being a bit deeper into. Before it was more, uh, let's say, pragmatic. Coming is like you do campaigns, you do assessment, you do targeting. And it was the data replying for you. Now it's more about you thinking and preparing and say, these are the audience I think I can have. These are the kind of prospect I think I can attract. And who are they? How can I commit to them? And I think it's more about bringing back kind of more traditional marketing into the performance marketing because we can't, it's harder to do performance marketing as it was 
because it's hard to measure where the performance is coming from. It's more about bringing more heuristics in, into it. Yeah, it's it's uh, beautiful. I mean, I, I think that the, it's also, I, I'm hearing it from a lot of uh, UA folks, like that creative becomes your new uh, targeting tool. I, I think even Facebook, by the way, they released a report I think it was called uh, The Big Catch. And they admitted yes. in, in that report that they said, listen, uh, like I'm uh, rephrasing their, their language there, but uh, we're screwed and you're screwed. Uh, you can't target anymore uh, lookalike audiences and, and just forget about what you used to do. It's not going to work anymore. We're Facebook and we're telling you that. Uh, later on, they also issued like, uh, it was like a press release or something for investors saying like, Listen, we underestimated how bad it's going to be. And then that report, they said, but we have an alternative. You're just going to target in a very broad way and you'll give us creatives with certain motivations aiming for certain audiences. And trust us, the algorithm will find that audience within that very broad group, let's say the entire US, I don't know, uh, the entire US. And uh, they'll find the right group, the right audience, and they'll serve the, the ad more to them. And uh, this way you can create funnels. And then now a lot of people are talking about these funnels also leading. And now Apple, Apple's turn is to give you something back from, uh, like they took something away, but they gave you something back, which is custom product pages. So if you have a creative that talks about, um, I don't know, techno music for that DJ app, you can create a page that is just about that because well, it doesn't make sense if somebody would see the techno ad and then go to a page that talks about pop or something that he doesn't like. Um, are you going to uh, leverage custom product pages uh, for for your campaigns? Yes. Is that in your plan? Yeah, yeah. For, for iOS 16, yes, definitely. But that will be a bit complex uh, in the way that, um, yeah, you will, have, you will definitely need, um, it, it is still very holistic things of way of seeing is like saying, okay, if I have a product, I think there's like three big hooks for three big audience that I can define uh, was like the right way uh, and making it as a, as a tier, you know, then of course you will be able to use this custom page to say, okay, we do a full funnel about rap, for example, because you know, it's a big trend of things being mixed a lot by young people. Uh, currently it is a big thing with dubstep and all the sub, like uh, the sub style of that. And then you can have older people, maybe house and things like that. And, and something in the middle uh, makes sense. After it's as well, um, it can be seen like that about like the, the product USP or like product content, or then it's, I think there will be as well interest in, in trying to see the emotional driver and seeing, yeah, why, why would they use that? Is it, do they mix for themselves because they like mixing and they like kind of learning, like you would learn an instrument and play an instrument for yourself uh, because you like it. Just they do that to share with friends and like they do it to share in the end and do mix and share music as you can share any hobby. Um, and, and or do they do that just because it's a challenge for them? There are like many things uh, you can see or because if they want to be very great at it and make um, a job out of it. There are like different driver, uh, emotional driver of the end. And then after it's about serving uh, those funeral uh, of emotional hook and trying to serve it. Uh, but I would say there's lots of possibilities uh, and hopefully, yeah, they will, they will align on that and it will be possible to kind of segment with very clear, um, very clear assets uh, and then push them to the custom page. 
And hopefully, uh, in between, you can put some proper deep linking uh, so you can uh, send as well information to your app um, that it will propose a funeral. Focus on that, meaning if you uh, emphasize on like rap and, uh, and hip hop and things like that, and you estimate that they are young, then if they come on your app, then you show and share like content and, and, and tracks of that style mainly uh, and not something totally different than like, well, that's absolutely not what I've joined. Uh, so it is, it forces us to kind of complexify the thinking and the preparation behind that and not know we, and, and it will of course um, require lots of testing because you never know as you have no control over the data. You don't know if indeed the, the audience that will get through that will be the audience you start. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There, there's a need for a lot of testing, as you said. And I also think, and based, you know, it's Stormin ran, <clears throat> you know, tests for hundreds of millions of users in the past few years. And the results always surprise you. Like it's not the hypothesis, that, the, the hypothesis that you thought would be the correct one is not always the correct one. And just because, for example, you just mentioned a lot of different USPs and a lot of different emotional drivers could be that the audience that likes rap is connected the most to the sharing um, feature because that's the people they are, they, they like to share. And the techno audience uh, doesn't want to share. They want to do it for, for their own pleasure. I don't know. So there, there's so much testing that needs to be done. The connection between the messaging and the ad creative and in the product page to create uh, the, the, the best performing funnel that a lot of testing is needed. And Apple is, is I think they're going there. And, and I want to ask you a few things about Apple, what your thoughts are, but they're going there. I mean, with in-app events, they do have um, deep linking functionality. So everybody that installs through an in-app event, you can configure a deep link and send them to basically to the event. But I think it will actually roll out uh, to all, all the pages. Uh, in testing, they launch it for the default product page, but it's not for custom product page. With Stormin, we're, we're now developing and we're about to release as soon as it will be available uh, a testing product for custom product pages that will, you know, enable uh, all of this testing in, in a very accurate way. Um, but uh, I think that the like the way I see it, Apple is going to release just more and more tools for marketers and UA people because what uh, you can think about the, the move that they made with uh, the privacy guidelines. And um, and this war against Facebook and really weakening Facebook as an ad network uh, is basically them saying, we want to be the place where users discover apps. We don't like the fact that the majority of people in the world discovered apps through Facebook and on Google's portfolio of, of uh, assets. We want to be that place. So they weakened everybody. They really strengthened search ads that still has attribution in a very accurate way. Uh, I mean kind of accurate way. And uh, and I think because of that, they'll release more and more tools to make marketing and user acquisition better on the store. And um, my and I have some crazy idea that, that might be right, that Apple will uh, develop into a very large ad network in the next few years. Because um, the only missing part there is that they don't have inventory. All they have is search ads that is limited to the number of searches people make in the App Store. Um, but I don't think it's far-fetched to imagine that Apple will offer to developers, um, they don't even need an SDK, just need like uh, to offer to developers the ability to show Apple ads within an app and monetize that way. And it's privacy uh, by design and it's approved by Apple. And then they get uh, a huge amount of inventory. 
and uh, there's no fraud or very limited fraud because it's Apple. Um, what, what do you think about the direction that Apple is taking? Where do you see all of this going? I would say that's possible. Um, that, that makes sense. Uh, the other things I see is as well, if you want to reflect, you can think about the GDPR. GDPR about uh, in Europe uh, protecting privacy. And since they have said that, and you have a port to CCPA in, uh, in California, but since we have that now, every, like it was supposed to protect your data and everything, all about cookies and stuff. But now, whenever you open a website, you have to give like two or three uh, consents about saying, yeah, I want to see that. I want to give my cookies. If I don't want to give my cookies and there's a whole list of all the cookies and you have to click. Yeah. When you just want to see an article, it gets very painful. Uh, of course, for website, you go often on that. You just do it once, that's fine. But for others, or if you ever go there with another computer, uh, incognito mode or whatever, yeah, you go again. And I think it's it's about that, uh, a bit of that, is that saving privacy and things like that, great. And I totally agree with like the user experience it can create and the, the, the kind of safety it generates, that's fine. But on the other side, if we think about, if we go back like 15, 20 years ago in terms of web, uh, where there were like no targeting, it was like all about like pop-ups, very intrusive very aggressive. Um, advertising and everything was very intrusive and you were like just mentally blocking. And after we had the, the saviors, they had blocked them. Before that, Every time you were opening, you were like, oh, no, I have to click, to close, to click, to close, to ignore all the flashy things. It was horrible. And it was very, very intrusive. And you were sure about the content you were looking for. Um, but, and then we had improvement about going like more about targeting, understanding the people trying to create funeral. And then it was omni-canal, just each channel being very targeted. And then omni-canal after was like DMPs and things like that, where it was no matter the place, we had like a, a similar funeral for the people to navigate through according to what they were doing. The thing is that with all the privacy things, in terms of experience for the user, every time we go, we, we go backward and go back into something, you're like, okay, then what else? You need to be aggressive. You, know, you need to go back into fake, into trying to attract whatever interest you have because you have no clue who you are dressing with, so you just go with whatever works, no matter what, because you have no, cho no choice. You need performance and you need to grow and you need to, 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 to drive benefits. And not everybody has the same amount of ethic, and especially in mobile, because in mobile there's a lot of small companies and actors, it's not like big, big brands uh, that can't afford doing that because it would hurt the brand. Most of the mobile actors and even mobile users are not much looking after the publisher. They just look at the title itself. They don't make like link in between, which would be very different from like gaming, Ubisoft game, all the gamers they do, the hard games from Ubisoft. So if they do something, they will remember it and they will pay after no matter what. Um, well, if there's a publisher doing something very bad, very deceptive, the people will like install and install. And if there are some other games, they won't remember it was this publisher behind it. Uh, so it, it kind of, Unfortunately, something that is supposed to bring benefits to their user is a sort generated, a large drawback that is very negative. So I think they are trying to bring the publishers and the marketers behind that to try to be a bit smarter about instead of proposing the, the data 
propose a funeral and do something indirect uh, to propose back to those users uh, a funeral they would like and that will be relevant to them and, and that will answer um, to the user kind of needs or the needs you create and aspiration. Um, as well, the fact that the, the, the stores, no matter if it's Google Play or, um, or Apple, they need as well to sustain their credibility as a platform and keep the trust of the users. Because else, for Apple, it's a bit more complex, but for, for um, Android, you have all the stores. There are many, many other ways to get uh, the, 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 the games or, or the apps through applications and things like that. So people can find all the way to do it. It requires a bit more of effort, but you can do it. And if they lose the credibility, there's a big risk about that because people won't trust paying it. And the publisher will pay or uh, developers will pay from it because there's at the moment a big trust of the users, especially on iOS about using the payment service of Apple, using the Apple stores and all of those things. Um, it generate trust and they pay uh, voluntarily knowing that they can trust it, they can cancel it, they have control over their, uh, their things. But if one day um, their stores is not that relevant or not that trustable anymore because it doesn't propose content that please the people or reply to the needs uh, or their wishes, uh, then there will be a big drawbacks for them. So there's always a risk uh, about the change and about if you, or let's say, if they're just proposing content they are not like developing content, they propose other content. They are uh, uh, kind of an entertainment platform collecting all the content. And if one day, similarly to a media, like any newspaper or anything like that, if one day the content is not relevant, people can't come anymore. Uh, and so it's not like from one day to another, uh, any, anything that will affect negatively will diminish their business. Yeah, definitely. They, they'll have... Uh... The funny thing about it is that this entire move is happening, but um, they crowned, I mean, I'm talking about Apple, they crowned themselves as, it's okay for us to track user data. Users have a contract with Apple when they buy an iPhone. So we'll keep all the data. It's still user level, um, but we won't allow you to, uh, we won't trust you to read that data. But we have it, and then, for example, search ads is possible because search ads is supposed to be very targeted, of course, it's contextual because of the searches, but um, thinking about when they expand their inventory. Uh, but definitely, it, it, it has to come back in some form, like targeted advertisement. I, I agree with you that the world doesn't want... I mean, I think Eric Seufert even said it once, that uh, personalized ads are a public good. Like, you don't want... To, like, we all remember when we were kids, we saw... Ad, like. Crazy ads like that had nothing to do with us, like on TV, on uh, in the newspaper. That's where you would see ads, and and it wasn't in the digital world. And ninety nine point ninety nine percent of those ads were not relevant for you. I remember as a kid thinking to myself, "Listen, who, why, why ads even work? Like, there's no way I'm going to buy these kind of things. I have no interest in that." Uh, then I grew up and I started buying things from ads because I was just thinking about new shoes, and I saw an ad for the shoes that I wanted, um, but. I'm sure that a Apple apparently is in the, the prime position to, to solve that, but they'll find like the middle ground between extremely targeted ads by advertisers that you don't want to, uh, to be targeted by to that very broad situation like when we were kids and nothing was almost targeted. Um, 
something will have to emerge during the middle. Um, but cool. Uh, we're running out of time a bit. So I just want to ask you uh, three last questions that we ask uh, all guests. So, and one of them I'll rephrase because I think he, um, you're, you're very forward thinking. So a lot of UA people that are listening to this episode will enjoy a tip. Like what do you recommend them to be focusing on if it's like one thing they should be focusing on um, when they start their planning for 2022? Um, if, if it's about QA, I would definitely suggest to focus on creative and creative testing. There have been lots of good articles and white papers around that uh, because it is basically the, the last bit you are controlling. Uh, it is definitely creative. And part of it, I would say, playable, you know, uh, especially if you have relevancy to go on that, um, on, on that network, like Unity, Aprovin, and all of these. Um, because if you have of course, games, obviously, because they are gaming channels. But as well, if you have gamified apps, so that are a bit like using gamification levels, contents, and doing lot uh, tutorials, so all those values from games, uh, it works very well. Uh, and their audience, uh, well, uh, it's a few months or a few years ago, they were very, very uh, game-centric uh, and, and like uh, making advertisements for apps was absolutely not working. It has changed now. So I would say, yeah, definitely playables is uh, a turn point at the moment for anything that is kind of entertainment or services and pretty clear and gamified is even better. And yeah, everything is around creative and trying to segment your audience, understand your audience better as you don't have that data anymore, that accessible even on Facebook and all those analytics disappeared. Uh, you have to understand your audience uh, to be able to serve them. And it's more... Well, before it was a direct way, you had data and you were able, able to, to verify it. Now it's indirect. It's about trying, putting hypothesis about funeral, who do you think they are, putting this funeral in place uh, and see if it's a work. You might be wrong. doesn't matter. It is ruining if you are wrong. But it is about, I would say, everything at the moment. And I think 2022 will be about resilience and being able to survive that and, and fail. Fail a lot. Definitely fail a lot. That's how you learn. And that's how you get closer to success. Words of wisdom. Um, and uh, we have another question about content recommendations. Like, who do you recommend folks to read? Like, who do you read to stay on top of what's happening in the industry? Like, uh, news, yeah. Yeah, in, in my case, uh, I am subscribed to most of the uh, um, mailing lists for like all the MMPs because they all have good, uh, good insight. Services uh, like Stormhaven for everything mm-hmm. touching ASU because there's a bunch of actors in that regard and they, they do lots of webinars and, and lots of white paper. Um, you have as well all the information you can get from the channels themselves like Facebook, Google. They do uh, very good papers about analysis around the market, the trends and things like that. Uh, definitely helps a lot. Uh, and then you have... Um, I, I do like as well all the publication, uh, so I'll do a bit of advertisement for consumer acquisition, uh, which is mm-hmm. a very big um, um, media. They do media buying, but they do as well lots of creative work, and they do amazing white papers, to be honest, about yeah. how you can um, measure creative um, uh, um, performance and how you can segment with creative. Uh, so for you, it's definitely a big one. Uh, and then, of course, if you are more interested regarding uh, uh, games and, and game de- or game design and things like that, you have the constructor of fun, 
that is definitely a very, very That's amazing one uh, with lots of analysis. And even uh, there's good papers about like uh, ad flu, um, uh, retention through ads, everything is regarding what you can put in your, in your apps or game that will improve your KPIs. Um, and of course, it is mainly, I would say, for, for, for apps or game developers uh, and game designers and things like that. But even for, let's say, marketers, business, monetization and things like that, there's lots of good insight. Um, that will help you uh, improve your flow and uh, improve the performance of your products. Great. That's that's gold right there. And last question is, and I have a feeling that uh, you'll answer differently because you're the second guest in a row from France. Um, but what's your favorite flavor of pancake? Oh, uh, I would say I'm not much into pancakes, even if I love I knew it. With, with <laughs> maple syrup, but I have to defend my culture and say crepes is better. Uh, Crepes, is it? Yeah, the, the previous guest. Uh, anyway, and kids still works, and, and my kids love that. So. Yeah, the previous guest um, um, from uh, once dating, uh, he said uh, that he likes a crepe with uh, brown sugar, butter, and lemon, which I tried, and it's amazing. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Oh really? No, I'm I'm more more simple. So like you 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 get like jam, uh, strawberry, or all sorts of jams. I uh, cool. love the one of uh, chestnut. Awesome. Chestnut jam is amazing. Uh, but maple syrup always work, even if it's not French. Uh, it's still done by part of French-speaking people, so it's all right. <laughs> cool. So thank you very much, uh, Raphael, for doing this. It was a pleasure. A lots of fun. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. It was a pleasure as well. And I'll speak to you soon, man. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody. And that was Mobile Growth and Pancakes. Find out more about Stormaven and how we can improve App Store performance, visit stormaven.com. And then make sure to search for Mobile Growth and Pancakes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found, and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Stormaven, thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Stormaven. I won't lie, I am an employee at Stormaven, so I want to tell you a little bit about why it's the greatest company on earth. If you're interested in growing your app in any way, organically, paid, both, we have tools to help you do it, whether it's optimizing your creatives, measuring the success and the effect of different efforts that you're taking, or just telling you what people look for in an app. We're here to help you do it.